Hello and welcome to another episode of Not The Top 20 podcast, an exciting episode for sure, one that we've been waiting for for a long time. It's our Skybet League 2 predictions for the 2018-19 season. We're going to go from 24th to 1st and uh, try and show our working, show you why we think we've got the teams where we do. We're not going to waste any time straight into it and straight down to the bottom of League 2. So who do we think are, are, are our picks? Who are our picks to be relegated to the National League at the end of this season? I'm afraid 24th, Yeovil Town, a team, I think, George, that we've sort of seen trending downwards, sometimes competitive, but rarely convincing. And uh, we think this might be the year, really, that we see them drop into the the National League. Yeah, I mean, this feels like Groundhog Day, where I I feel like I've sat here a lot of times and and said that this is is their time to go. But I I really look at this squad uh, and struggle to see where the quality comes from, to see where the goals are going to come from. Um, and I think in Darren Way, they've got a manager who deserves immense respect for, for continually keeping them up. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you're looking through it. I mean, Alex Fisher came in last season, did a, did a fair job. Francois Zucco now now 34 years old. A, f- a few lone players. It, it, it's hard to really say, um, see how this club is going to progress. I think last season we saw a, a poor League Two um, which I think saved a couple of clubs who were flirting with relegation. And this looks stronger this time around. And for that reason, I'm, I'm totally in agreement. I think this is sadly the year that Yeovil are going to return to non-league. One bright spot, the signing of Rhys Cole on loan from Brentford. He's a, a talented central midfield player. He didn't do much at Newport on loan last year. I think he suffered a, a bit of an injury, but certainly some Bees fans are, are convinced that he'll, he can be a good player at a much higher level than League Two. So Yeovil have done well to get him in on loan, whether he will be enough uh, to change what we consider uh, to be a, a pretty worrying outlook, uh, we're not so sure. So, uh, so Yeovil to kick us off down in 24th. And in 23rd, well, we saw it with Chesterfield last season. We're going for another double relegation. Uh, and, it's, and it's Oldham Athletic this time round, George. What is it about Oldham that makes us think that they are ripe for a double rally? It, it reminds me a fair bit. I mean, their, their recruitment in general has been fairly um, bizarre. Uh, you're looking at the likes of, of Zeus de la Paz. Uh, this is last season as well. Um, Christopher Missilu is coming this year. You, you wonder, you know, Jonathan Benteke obviously was at Crystal Palace briefly and, and never really showed very much. Um, you wonder if these guys are really up to the task. Uh, I think there's been some allegations, positive possibly, that that there's maybe an agent behind these signings who's pulling the strings. I think that in itself is dangerous. If you're having someone who's looking to, to get their players into squads rather than a, a, someone trying to get the best players into their squad, that can be dangerous. Uh, we saw last season a team that was fairly disjointed um, and briefly, uh, briefly they were brought together by Richie Wellens, who's no longer there anymore. Um, and we have a manager who we know very, very little about here. It, it, so... Yeah, it's hard to be positive about Oldham. This may come as a surprise to Oldham fans listening. I think there are not many people reckon that they're, they're set to struggle. I think that in the betting, at least, that they're in amongst the top five or six. But uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised to see them there. It's very hard to see where the goals are going to come from, uh, how reliant they're going to be on a 26-year-old Jose Baxter, who you might remember for being a, a football manager, wonder kid, eight, nine, ten years ago, um, who's, who's really been out of the game, to be quite honest with you, and, and rejoins Oldham. Can he 
fulfil any sort of potential, it's not clear. They've obviously still got Byrne, who's a midfielder with, with good talent. Uh, whether or not he is excited about a season spent in League Two remains to be seen. And um, and, and the injury to uh, old friend um, Usmane Fane, which was caused by a tackle from Byrne in training, has not helped things either. So uh, we're not feeling good about this. I'll chuck in another bright spot. We are excited to see, a bit like Reese Cole, at Yeovil, Sam Graham, who joins from Sheffield United on loan. He's a defender. He's only 17. And, uh, well, he's getting chucked in at the deep end and remains to be seen how much de- game time he will get. Uh, but hopefully he can he can sort of develop over the course of the season because we've got high hopes for him, for sure. At 22nd spot, Macclesfield, George. Now, I don't really know what to expect from them, if I'm honest, but I there's, there's nothing that leaps out to me that says... Uh, this is going to be really, really exciting. They obviously lost the manager uh, who, who, who caused such a miracle last season by winning the National League, who joined Shrewsbury. And they got Mark Yates in. Uh, I don't really know what to expect from him. He's very popular uh, amongst certain clubs, uh, but he's got a, a you know big boots to fill for sure. And the squad to me looks like it's going to lend itself to incredibly direct play. Um, and you know that can be very effective at this level but uh, they've lost some of their key players who got them promoted they've got a new manager and, and the whole thing just worries me slightly yeah I think that yeah I, I can totally agree I think there are some interesting players in there who have some EFL experience whether it's you know Nathan Blissett who is never going to pull up many trees but he, he's been there and he's done it um, uh, Michael Rose as well obviously 36 year old Michael Rose who, who's really been there and done it and got the t-shirt but I, I think at this level when you're losing your manager in that position it can really really uh, be an issue going forward I mean this is a guy who, who if it wasn't for him realistically they wouldn't be in this position and in a way he's left at the worst time I think we're going to talk about it in, in our League One podcast as well with, with Paul Hurst and, and Shrewsbury and this is a similar thing here where Losing the guy who's galvanised your club, um, and you're being slightly dropped in the, in the deep end here. I mean, there are a few players in this squad that I know: um, Mars Welsh Hayes and uh, and Tyrone Marsh, who were both released from Oxford without much ceremony, and they're now lining up for a team playing in League Two. Fierke Kelleher, who they've got on loan from us, who you know spent last season at, at Solihull. So, yeah, uh, it's hard to be too too positive about them, but. You know, I think if you offer Maxwell's fans twenty second place now, you'd assume and hope that they would they'd snap your snap your hand off. I don't think the same can be said for the fans of the team we've got in twenty first place, and that's Cheltenham. Now, this might seem an overreaction to the sale of Moisa, and I suppose to an extent it is. They obviously got um, a, a fantastic fee for Issa, a seven figure fee, which is very rare at League Two level. Uh, it's only been a few days, and they haven't. Uh, shown any new signings to show from it just yet. Uh, that's not to say that that won't happen. George, I know that you're, you're pretty convinced that you know with that money in the bank, there's the possibility of them signing one or two real game changers. But m- my worry is whether they will be able to attract that kind of player or whether they might have to you know try and replicate the ESA success and try and find someone who's who's happy to to really. You know, take a chance at League Two level with a, a, a relatively unfancied side. I look at their squad and I don't see much quality outside of Issa. I see some okay, some solid players. Um, Hussey, Tozer have joined this summer. Fine, that's that's good. Maddox on loan from Chelsea. We don't know what he'll offer. Uh, up front, 
really, really thin, and uh, that's not surprising after the sale of Issa, so we'll, we'll remain to be seen how they do. George Lloyd is a player that we're really excited to see. Um, he scored 40 goals in their reserves last season, came in and played a couple of games at the end of the season. I think he got two goals and an assist in his last three games. So uh, hopefully the departure of Issa will see him get some more game time. As for their prospects, I think we're, um, we're, we're feeling a bit worried about them. And um, I know that if they're to start badly, it's possible that the fans could start turning against Gary Johnson and uh, it could all get a little bit toxic. So Cheltenham, we're, we're not tipping up to have a, a, a particularly exciting campaign. But Morecambe are the bookies' favourites for the drop, as they always are. Uh, we don't think they will be. We've got them in 20th place. And uh, I think more so than any summer I can remember for Morecambe, they've actually signed some players that you think, yeah, they, they could actually take them to the next level. And that must be quite refreshing for Jim Bentley, who um, maybe will be more excited about this squad than, than previous years. Yeah, for sure, and and you know, for once they've uh, they've got a fairly big squad as well, which for them is is is, is quite rare. Um, Jim Bentley will be happy that he's he's got you know an embarrassment of riches in comparison to other seasons here. Um, yeah, they brought in players. I think that consistently they're always going to be fighting um, against against relegation just due to the the budget they've got. Although Accrington have obviously given a, a blueprint of how it's done. Um, they're they're going to be a team who. Knowing Jim Bentley and knowing how more can work, we'll go on a run at some stage. It's normally quite early on in the season. Um, but as you say, they've brought in decent players and, and uh, I'm surprised to see how short they are to, uh, to get relegated because I do think there's enough quality there. And, uh, and thir- with 39-year-old uh, Kevin Nelson and 37-year-old Gary Thompson, certainly enough experience and, uh, and gamesmanship, let's say, to, to carry them through certain games. They had a pretty good defence last season and at the heart of it was Sam Lavelle, who they've managed to keep a, a, a young defender that's developing all the time and a really impressive player at this level. So that is really positive if they can hold on to him uh, to start the season. And then, uh, you know, we're just excited to see the likes of Jason Oswell, who's moved up from, from non-league with Stockport. Uh, Liam Mandeville, who Doncaster just can't quite get the right opportunities for so he's joined on loan those two will be there that you know looking they'll be looking to them for goals same with Reese Oates from Hartlepool and then Carlos Mendes Gomez a centre forward transfer marked doesn't even know how old he is but he's come from West Didsbury and Chalton uh, and he could be an absolute <laughs> superstar I know that he was there you know he was their standout player for the last few years so uh, really looking forward to seeing if he can make an impact at League 2 level because that really would be a hell of a story Morecambe 20th place and above them in 19th we've got Newport so Mike Flynn at the helm a bit of a quieter season for them last year they started relatively well and certainly the shot data had them down as a pretty good team to start the season but they really did fall away I think it's uh, fair to say and, and in the end the season sort of whimpered I think to a close but there's a couple of interesting signings for Newport I think that Fraser Franks will, will sort of steal them up a bit at the back uh, remains to be seen how much energy Andrew Crofts has still got in his legs, but certainly on his day a classy player. And then uh, on an attacking level, they've signed Jamil Matt, Keanu Marsh-Brown. Uh, they've got Semenyo, the youngster on loan from Bristol City. Now, you can't sit here and say those guys are going to be game changers for them, and that's why we've got them down down where we are, really, George. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there is, as you mentioned, there was positive signs last season. And I do think that there's an interesting dynamic in their forward line where, I mean, Patrick Ammond has, has struggled ever since firing Grimsby to, to promotion a few years ago. Um, but there is a goal scorer in there. Jamil Matt is another one who on his day is definitely good enough at, at League Two level and can score goals. And Keanu Marsh-Brown, the same can be said for him. So 
I mean, Michael Flynn did a tremendous job last season uh, to get them to where, where he did. And and I would argue that maybe this squad is is, is slightly stronger, um, but that won't necessarily translate into progress given how, how just tremendous they were early on last season. But it wouldn't surprise me to see those three clicking and uh, and for someone like Matt to go on a go on a mad one and uh, and and score a few goals. We might have put Newport too far down, to be honest, uh, but we're sticking with it. Newport nineteenth above them, Crawley. Now this is something we didn't necessarily agree on. I'm I'm quite concerned for Crawley. I think the loss of of Baldwin, Jordan Roberts, and uh, Josh Yorworth is an issue, but. It's not like they haven't shown some ambition in the transfer market, George, and, and in Polion and Palmer, Felipe Moraes and, uh, and your man from Bradford, Roman Vancelo, uh, George Frankham. They've actually bought some players with League One pedigree. So I sort of dragged Crawley down a little bit here because I'm not so sure. But, you know, let, let's, let's go a bit more positive than that. You, you know, you think there's some potential for them to, to, to be OK. Yeah, I think that last season was, was a good one for Kiel. He, he managed to prove that he is worthy of the, of this job and it's it's easy to forget that they you know they weren't in any way troubled by relegation last season whatsoever um the signings they've made i think are all really shrewd uh, except for maybe giving Philippe Marais a, a three year deal at the age of 32 but i think this season certainly i mean two years ago he he well, even 18 months ago he fired uh, Bolton to promotion out of league 1 Dominic Polion is a player who who really impressed and got his big move to Bradford didn't work there, but he's only 24 years old. Ollie Palmer is a target man. Is is you know he, he did fine at Lincoln. I think it's fair to say, and, and he will do fine here again. Uh, George Frankham, another player at AFC Wimbledon, who is a good age at 26 and has got some really good experience behind him and, and has performed to a decent level. And then Roman Vancelot, who who's been a key player for Bradford in the, in their good couple of seasons before it all fell apart last 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 season. Last year, I, I think that there's enough. I understand the outgoings are difficult, but I think that on paper, at least, the, the signings they've made uh, uh, are more impressive. I mean, as you can tell, listeners, I want them to be higher than 18th. I think Ali would have had them closer to the, to the relegation zone. Um, but I, I, I think this could be an interesting season, at least, for, for Kewell and, and Crawley. I stopped listening as a, as a very smug 26-year-old when you said that 26 was a, a, a good age. <laughs> a good age. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the same, to be honest. I, I feel like I'm really hitting my hitting my straps now in terms of life. So uh, I'm glad that George Frankham is too. Uh, 16th, no, 17th. We haven't got there yet. 17th is Exeter. I'm going to throw back to you, George, here because uh, Exeter have been a, a very good League Two side for the last two years. And, you know, with, with a, a, a bit of different, uh, a change in the wind on a certain day or two in playoff finals, might have seen them in League One. Uh, but here they are without... Paul Tisdale with a new manager in Matt Taylor who's been promoted from the under 23 from the reserve squad a man that knows the club very well uh, and some of their players have been pinched uh, by the man that left them Paul Tisdale so for those reasons I think um, you're feeling just yeah like this is not going to be the same Exeter that we've seen the last few years yeah I think that Matt Taylor um, is the EFL's David Moyes here I think he's, he's taking over the impossible job of, of a guy who you know he had his ups and downs at, at Exeter but realistically over the over the course of the period he was there did a really really good job undeniably and they're going to have to really battle to get over the loss of Tisdale to MK Dons and the players they brought in suggest it's going to be a different style of play. I think Tisdale had ingrained this Exeter team into being one that played a certain style and, and an attacking style and, a, and, a, and a, an easy on the eye style. The players they brought in, such as Aaron Martin from Oxford, who is genuinely a, a lumpet and headed defender, can't really do much else, but is capable of doing that. 
Um, you're looking at Nicky Law, who will provide energy and tenacity in, in the middle of the park, but I don't think much more than that either. Jonathan Ford, who at age 32, I just can't see making a huge impact at this level, but another one who will be attritional and, and, and will, you know, it, it's not going to be very pretty here. And I think that maybe Taylor's looked at this and thought to himself, look, I need to make sure that we are safe next season. I need to make sure that, that the, the loss of, of Paul Tisdale doesn't take a club who, let's be honest, in pure size, in terms of the size of the, of, of the stadium, the fan base, maybe isn't one who, who necessarily belongs higher than League Two, at least. He needs to make sure that they stay there and he can build something. And I think that the wily signings he's made suggests the expectations have been tempered. And, uh, and 17th, I think, sounds about right. We've got Stevenage above them in 16th. And, you know, this is probably lower than those who are following the club closely as fans or as journalists might, might suggest Stevenage will come. Uh, they have made a lot of signings this summer. And it's quite clear that while there are uh, some younger players signed, such as James Ball, uh, Manuel Sanupe, Alex Reid, uh, very much untested at this level, many of them coming from non-league. There's also been a, a sort of move towards a, a, a bit more experience as well, notably Michael Timlin, Joel Byram, Jamal Campbell-Rice and Scott Cuthbert. So it was clear that under Darren Saar, this was a team that would be youthful, uh, that he would give youth a chance and that they were trying to play modern youthful football. Now that didn't always work at times. And of course, Saar lost his job. Dino Marmria is the new manager and it strikes me that he is turning towards a more direct approach uh, with a bit more tenacity, a bit more know-how perhaps, a bit more game management, dare I say. And hopefully it won't be at the detriment to some of the exciting young players that they have in their squad, notably uh, Ben Kennedy, uh, Mark McKee. We hope that these guys will still be involved, but it remains to be seen because I think that Marmaria wants to, to, to take things in a different direction. One thing's for sure... He certainly had the backing of his chairman and uh, you've got to feel a little bit sorry for Darren Saal at this point because he played such a big role in the development of Ben Wilmot and uh, we'll, we'll never have been able to use the money that the club got from the sale of Ben Wilmot to Watford. So Marmory has cashed in on that uh, and, and they've really backed him. So this is one of those ones where I'm not feeling hugely convinced at this stage and um, it's possible that you know this squad could could gel quickly and they might have a great blend of, of experience in youth but uh, I'm a little bit unconvinced and I think that given the backing he's had if things start badly this could go quite wrong quite quickly so Stevenage in 16th place uh, and above them George Grimsby a club you've got a soft spot for a manager that we're very interested to follow in Michael Jolly given his uh, unusual path into management uh, but 15th represents a, an improvement on last year for sure when they were close to the drop but, yeah. but, but you know I think some people are, are, are pushing them higher so let's just temper those expectations yeah I, I think this is a tentative selection maybe where, where Michael Jolly came in last season and did do very very well indeed but it wouldn't be a massive shock if, if they struggled somewhat next season I think that the loss of Dembele whilst on paper may look like a, like a difficult one I think realistically it probably isn't that bad he, he flitted in and out of form fairly consistently uh, he was fairly consistently inconsistent I think is what I'm trying to say nice um, and, and and they've managed to retain some players who are maybe more important Jordan Cook looks like a very interesting signing as well in from Luton um, a wealth of experience in League 2 uh, was part of a promotion winning squad last season and, and played a lot of games for Walsall as well and at 28 uh, just brings a bit of experience to the club as well so, good age good age another good age another good age but uh, yeah I, I think it's hard to get overly excited um, about about the Grimsby team but if Jolly is the kind of the, 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 the catalyst for success that I think Grimsby hope 
that he could be next season could be an interesting one going forward but purely on paper you can't see much better than a, than a mid than a mid to low table finish yeah we're, we're equally unexcited I think it's fair to say about Carlisle and I think the fans feel similarly so 14th could end up being too high really here uh, there's a couple of things to note with Carlisle there's been a real reduction in the in the budget uh, John Sheridan has had to cope with that after the departure of Keith Curl who had definitely made himself at home at Carlisle and, and had become a big part of the club uh, John Sheridan won't worry about that he's got a job to do now <laughs> this relates to a quote he said the other day uh, which was tweeted by Rory Dollard and really made us laugh he said John Sheridan really pumping up everyone's tyres when asked why he took the Carlisle job uh, the quote was I could have waited after Fleetwood but this job was there it's work at the end of the day. Now, an admirable thing to say. Um, fans don't like people who talk nonsense, and he's, he's saying it as it is, but at the same time, hugely uninspiring if you're a Carlisle fan looking for, for an excited new manager. They've lost a huge swathe of players from last season that, that you'll recognise from seeing Carlisle in the last two years. The likes of Reggie Lamb, Luke Joyce, Nicky Adams, Mark Ellis... Uh, Tom Miller as well so they really have lost a a lot of first team players and they've replaced them um, interestingly shall we say George Glendon uh, Macaulay Gillespie Jerry Yates these are are young players that they're asking to come in and and, and perform straight away same with Regan Slater on loan from Sheffield United and um, yeah it just it it just doesn't look that exciting you know if you're going to halve your wage bill practically then of course then the, 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 the sort of the consequences are going to be tricky and John Sheridan is a man that we know for, for being very good at coming in mid-season and, and saving a team from relegation but uh, if you look a little deeper into his record when it comes to starting the season with clubs it's, it's not quite as good so I think we're, we're, we're feeling a little bit uh, worried about Carlisle uh, but you know we're moving towards mid-table now so for, for the majority of these teams if it sounds like we're being negative then we don't mean it really um, <laughs> It's just, it's very hard to judge mid-table of League Two. Um, You know, basically from 8th to 20th, it could be any number of, it doesn't really make any difference where anyone ends up and it can be, you know, five to eight points between them at the end of the season. So, um, you know, when we say Port Vale 13th, George, um, you know, middle of the pack, lots of business this summer. Neil Aspin uh, will be thrilled to have got rid of some Deadwood. Um, But... They only won two games in 2018 under Aspin after a very, very good start. And Ricky Miller up front with Tom Pope. A couple of other fairly eye-catching signings. You know, we're expecting better things, more settled things from this season. Yeah, it was interesting. Anyone who hasn't listened to um, any Port Vale fan, hasn't listened to our, our betting previews, should do, even if you're not a betting fan, purely to listen to what Mike, Hold- what Mike Holden said about this team and, and about Aspin himself and, and that he likes the look of it. Um, as he says, I mean, someone eventually surely is going to be able to get Ricky Miller to score goals at a professional level. Um, and Tom Pope and Tyrone Barnett, they've got two big lads up top who can really hold the ball up uh, and bring others into play. So you'd think it's going to be Miller or Dodds um, playing off him. So I can see where it's coming from. It's easy to forget just, you know, that it, Port Vale's decline has been fairly rapid here and, and, and they're not a team who should be um, fending off relegation in League Two. And Aspen took over a, a pretty tough task last season as well. So I don't think we can give him too much um, discredit for, for, for the job that he did. So, yeah, I, I think this is going to be an interesting one going forward. And it wouldn't surprise me to, uh, to see them maybe surprise a few people and, and squeak up into the top half. Yeah, 
it's it's hard to say at this stage, but you'd hope that that we'll see the best of Ricky Miller because, of course, that move up to Peterborough did very little to 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 show that well what he can do, as you say, at a professional level in the football league. Uh, moving up from Port Vale in thirteenth to Crew in twelfth place. Now, Crew are, are an interesting one. You sort of feel like with the the young talent that comes through the academy uh, that that there seems to be. The possibility that some of these players who are now 20, 21, players like Callum Ainley, Harry Pickering, Perry and G, Charlie Kirk, players like this that, you know, may take it to the next level, may become the next uh, George Cooper who left for Peterborough in January. But I'm finding it hard to get too overexcited. David Artel, obviously, at the helm, and he's added a bit of experience in, in Paul Green and Alex Nichols and Sean Miller. So uh, there's something there. I, I remain convinced that there's a really good goal scorer in Jordan Bowery. So it's possible that we might see that this season, although uh, I'm not sure that he's ever been really consistent uh, since that fateful move to Aston Villa. So we've got crew mid-table. I think that pretty much sums up how we think about them. Not really sure whether they'll be particularly good um, and not really worried about them in terms of relegation. So crew in 12th. We start to get a little bit more excited about teams as we move into the, 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 you know, the, the real teeth of the top half. And here's Colchester in 11th. Uh, I think that... They've been a, a, a pleasant team over the last two years, possibly too pleasant, by which I mean a lot of young players, a lot of good young players through the youth system, something that we encourage, something that we love to see, possibly a bit too nice at times and not hard enough to beat. Now, that's something that John McGreal has is, is taken steps to, to counteract with the signings of Harry Pell, uh, Frank Nuble, uh, Luke Norris. These are more experienced League Two players and, and players, all three of them, who had good seasons last year at this level. And they come in to sort of supplement the, the, the occasional brilliance of Sammy Smodix. Um, the dependability of, of young players like Frankie Kent and Tom Lapsley and, uh, and also uh, Eastham at the back as well. You know, that... Th- there's excitement for me about this Colchester side. I think that they've improved this summer. And I think that if they can improve as much as, uh, as, much as I think they will, you know, they'll be a better side this season. 11th uh, is an admission that I don't think they'll be uh, really, really challenging for, for the playoffs or for automatic promotion. But I do think that this is a positive step for Colchester. I think that the fans will enjoy this season. I think that this is uh, going to be a good one down at the Western Homes Stadium in in, uh, in Essex. So Colchester up in 11th and in 10th, George, it's Berry. Now, Berry have come down from League One uh, last season. We were not impressed with that. Uh, I seem to remember uh, quite a lot of ranting last season. Uh, We were not alone, of course, in thinking that, but it's quite clear that that did not go well. They've ended up in League Two. They've signed the likes of Nicky Adams, Dom Telford, Will Ameson, uh, Tom Miller, Byron Moore, Chris Dagnall, Chris Stokes, some recognisable names here. A bit of a wild card in Gold Omatayo, who I know the fans have been excited about in pre-season. He comes from Whitehawk, from non-league. And you look at the squad, there's still some players in there that you're like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, last season... Pretty pretty good. Last season, they spent money, and this time they just brought in money. They brought a player called Gold, and they brought up a player from their their youth system called Wealth. (laughs) (laughs) Wealth to silver. (laughs) When they spent all their money, they just buy players whose name mean mean money. Um, On paper... There's no way this team should finish 10th. Um, but we could have said that about the team last season as well. I think that Lee Clark has has killed a part of Bury FC. I think they have to hope that Ryan Lowe 
um, can resurrect, really. And I think the, the reason why we put them 10th here isn't because of the quality of players they've got at their disposal. It's because we're unsure if Lowe is that man. Um, he obviously is very popular at the club for obvious reasons. He, he got some big results uh, at Bury towards the back end of last season, one of which I watched through gritted teeth and through my fingers um, at the Kassam. Um, so there, there is some uh, evidence to suggest he could be the one. And the players there... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a big hill to climb for them. I mean, the likes of of Jay O'Shea, Remain, Danny Mayer as well. I mean, these are guys who there's no way they should be playing in League Two. It's whether or not they can knit it all together and get out of the apathy of last season is the question. And if Lowe can do that, then tenth may make us look very stupid. Uh, but we're just not sure that he is the man to do it. I agree with with all of that. And so I'll move on to Forest Green, who we've got up in ninth. The bookies definitely don't agree with this one. They've got them towards the bottom of the the, the table. And we talked about them in our betting preview. Uh, This is a side that, uh, despite being a a team in their first ever season in the EFL last season, were slightly underwhelming. And I think that was recognised by the fans. Uh, Mark Cooper very much stayed in his job, very much backed by the board. And that's always good to see from a a chairman. Uh, Remains to be seen whether that will be the best decision because I really like the look of the squad now uh, and I might want to have them higher if I was convinced that Mark Cooper could uh, could lead them all the way up to the playoffs then I might have made a case for them to, to, to move in there because I really think that with some of their additions they've got potential to be rather exciting especially going forward I mean George Williams is a player that went to Euro 2016 with Wales as a 20 year old uh, he's got seven caps and if it wasn't for injuries you know he'd probably be playing at least in League One if not the championship at this stage uh, he looks to have got back fit last season he's been playing in pre-season uh, this could be a signing that come January you think Goodness me, how on earth did they manage to do that? Um, the same can be said for some of their other uh, signings. Carl Winchester joined from Cheltenham. Cheltenham's captain moving to Forest Green in a controversial move. Um, Liam Shepherd from Peterborough, the fullback. Lloyd James, sort of wily central midfield player from Exeter, bringing a bit of experience. And then Tav- Tavon Campbell as well and Theo Archibald. More unknown, not entirely sure what they can bring to the table, but you know these are players from, from a higher level that are, are, are sort of cutting their teeth. Uh, they've not lost anyone that I'd be hugely worried about. And so I think they've improved and I think that they'll be rather good this season. I've got Forest Green in ninth uh, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses. So Forest Green in ninth and in eighth, George, uh, there was a point when we were putting this together where you went, oh, I'm going to have to say positive things about Swindon. Well, so go on then. In fairness, I think I said to you, as I, I actually think we should put Swindon f- further up than the kind of 11th or 10th that they were. Um, yeah, it pains me to say it, but hopefully it rids any any um, talk about uh, my bias. <laughs> this time last year, I got a lot of a lot of tweets from Swindon fans telling me they couldn't believe I'd put them. I think tenth or eleventh, or wherever they we put them. And I think, in fairness, it tenth or eleven where they ended where up. they ended up coming. Yes. And this squad to me looks more well rounded. It looks much better. I think that Diago Rag is a fantastic signing in centre midfield I think that Jack McCourt has also looks like a very good signing Jermaine McGlashan has maybe struggled a bit in recent years but there is definitely a player there and if you can get him ticking then then I think that he is someone who could be interesting uh, back at League 2 um, I think that the reliance on Mark Richards for goals could be a problem I don't think Kane Willery or, or Keshi Anderson have proven they can be prolific necessarily although I do think that Anderson is a player who, who could have a bit of a breakthrough season now because I think he has the qualities to do so in, in, in what looks like it could be a better team um, I don't know much about um, Adebayo, the, the player who's coming on loan, the forward from from Fulham. But given Fulham's decent academy system, 
Um, you'd expect him to be fairly good. Uh, Phil Brown, I'm, I'm, as a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him as a manager, but you look at the job he did at, at Southend and eventually he got it right. So I think there are positives to be had. I don't necessarily think this is a Swindon team to challenge some of the teams we're going to talk about coming up. Certainly not uh, one of the best one or two or three teams in the league. Um, but yeah, I, I think there will be progress coming up this season for the scum. <laughs> we've got we've got Cambridge <laughs> making the playoffs so we'll gloss over that and we'll move on to some exciting stuff now we, we're entering the top seven we've got Cambridge United in seventh and again another uh, arguably a bit of an eyebrow raiser this um, they are a team under Mr Joe Dunn who ended the season really quite strongly uh, under the radar now you could say that the pressure was off at that point that they didn't have that much to play for and it's not like their transfer business is absolutely astonishing it's not blowing us away but I just have got this odd feeling that Joe Dunn is, is, is building something there that he's a good manager that he's managed to keep the majority of his key players and that is not including Uche Pizu who left and went up to uh, Hearts but in Maris and in Giovanni Brown and in Jabo Obere and in potentially Adi Aziz they've got players who can and, and Barry Core as well of course lest we forget back fit they've got players who can contribute well uh, to goals uh, we saw in the final game of last season just how good they can be when they're on song I love uh, their fullbacks, especially Brad Halliday, I think is an excellent right back, one of the best all round right backs in League Two. Um, they've got a bit of tenacity and a bit of quality in midfield as well. And, you know, we, we've got Cambridge in seventh. We think that there's a chance that things could be looking rather good. At, and, and if they do click, you know, Maris, if he stays, Giovanni Brown, the, these are really, really good quality, eye catching attacking players at this level so um, a bit of a sort of uh, uh, I guess a bit of a dark horse pick that uh, having Cambridge in seventh uh, but one that we've uh, yeah we've I, I just just to add on what you're saying I think just the, the names in midfield is very impressive you know Liam O'Neill Gary Deegan Paul Lewis Reggie Lamb Harrison Dunk Giovanni Brown George Maris I mean that is that's that's some serious quality there for, for League Two and and yeah, I mean, the goals are possibly an issue. Can Jabo Berry keep going at, at 35? I, I, I'm, I'm not totally convinced. I think they need a striker, but, but I agree that maybe they're a bit of a sleeper team. Good, I'm glad you agree, because uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty excited about it. And now I, I would suggest that this is your uh, sleeper pick, or, or perhaps Dark Horse, and, and you're definitely not alone. This team have been brought up. Uh, throughout pre-season when talking about dark horses and it, and it's Tranmere. Now, uh, I'm a little more suspicious on this one. I wonder whether people are just assuming that one of the promoted teams always does quite well in League Two um, and that the obvious choice was Tranmere. So so talk me, <laughs> talk me around. We've got Tranmere in the playoffs. I think there are a few interesting things to touch on here. Um, firstly, I think the, the manager is a big one. I think Mickey Mellon has proven himself um, to have been better than the National League level. I think he's proven in the job he did at Shrewsbury that he's probably maybe better than League Two level. I think it was a matter of time before he got Tramir back um, to to this level and I think he's not going to stop there. You look at, I mean, they've lost their goals last season um, but in bringing in Paul Mullen, they've got a player who, you know, we spoke about him the other day on the podcast, maybe slightly scathing as a target man. And, and we got a reply saying that he was more like a Shinji Okazaki, which is probably my favourite part of NTT20 um, chat I've ever had on Twitter, <laughs> comparing a Tranmere striker brought in from Swindon to, to Shinji. Um, 
but uh, not that I know who he is, obviously, because he's never played in the EFL. Um, George Waring's a player who is certainly a target man and, and lets others, brings others into play with his, with his kind of decent enough first touch. I think that um, Mark Ellis in from Carlisle is also an experienced centre-back who's, who's been there and done it. I just think that, and we spoke, spoke about it last season, generally teams, teams you kind of got in my way there by putting it down before I even said it, but teams do generally do well. Um, coming up from the National League. Forest Green obviously struggled to last season, but Lincoln did very well indeed. Um, I think that, the, yeah, the top four or five of, of the National League most seasons would finish clear of the relegation zone in, in League Two. And uh, and yeah, I think there's a lot to like about the Stranmere team. Good stuff. Well, we've got Mansfield in fifth. Now, in the betting, there's a bit of a big four in League Two. Lincoln, MK Dons, Notts County and Mansfield. So we've actually slightly removed Mansfield from that pack. You've not heard yet the other three names called, but it's Mansfield in fifth. And look, if if one of your main reasons for bumping Tranmere up was Mickey Mellon, then I'd argue that one of our reasons for for separating Mansfield from the top three and the top four, in fact, uh, is the manager in in David Flickcroft. Obviously, a quick reminder for those who forgot, a a bit of an odd scenario led to him being appointed at Mansfield uh, when Steve Evans left for Peterborough rather swiftly. Uh, and, uh, and and David Flickcroft jumped ship from Swindon to Mansfield. Now, don't forget this team were pre-season favourites last season, uh, brought in a huge amount of talent and quality, uh, and they didn't get there. They didn't even reach the playoffs, and that was hugely disappointing. I don't think they looked better under Flickcroft than they did under Evans. I would argue they looked worse, if anything. Um, now, the good thing, the positive thing... The signings of Otis Khan, of Craig Davis and Tyler Walker. On paper, that looks like a, a, um, a really good trio of attackers that can really sort of fire them up the table. Matt Preston, uh, the centre-back who comes in from Swindon, Flickcroft, obviously a big fan of him. And Neil Bishop, who adds some steel in midfield. Now, they still have some good players uh, in the existing squad and they will, I think, be strong. So that's a, a, an admission of that. We've got them in fifth place. Now, how good we think they can be under Flickcroft compared with the teams we have above them, that's where we've, we've, we've fallen down on Mansfield and that's why we've got them in fifth place. Yeah, yeah, spot on. I mean, I, I, I agree with you in terms of quality, but, um, but I think Flickcroft is, is, is a main detractor here and there, there are a few managers managing other teams in this league where if, if they were in charge, they'd probably be higher. We've slotted Northampton in above Mansfield. So in fourth place... The last playoff spot, Northampton Town. I mean, the teams that came down from League One last season, you you basically look at all of them and you just think, that was really, really poor from you, from whoever was involved, from everyone involved. That was really poor. Uh, And Northampton, you know, just as much as Berry, just as much as Oldham as well, because these guys should not have been relegated from League One in terms of squad on paper. Yeah, absolutely right. And you look at this now and this looks to me like an, like an exciting League One squad that should be coming into their peak. You know, you look at the, the two centre-backs, Jordan Turnbull and Aaron Pierre, 25 and 23. I mean, Aaron Pierre was seen as a huge coup when he came from Wickham last summer and, and I'm just... There is a player in there who they can exploit. You've got John Joe Tool in centre midfield who definitely didn't think he'd be playing League Two football again at this stage in his career. I don't think Matt Crooks and Yasser Kasim did either. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, there's quality all over all over the pitch as well. And you're looking, I mean, Kevin Von Fiennes, another one linked a year ago to, uh, or I shouldn't mention that because I get told it's wrong, but to this the, the Chinese move in the CSL and now here he is in League Two. They brought in Andy Williams and Junior Marais, two very, very different signings. Andy Williams, a player who's been there and done it uh, and and will add some wildly experience up top and does score goals as well, although not 
massively prolific, but will score goals. And Junior Moraes, someone who, whose pace we, we're excited about as well. So we don't know much about the manager. Um, he is seemingly very well thought of in the footballing world. He, he's, he's worked a lot with, with Brendan Rodgers. Stone Cold Dean Austin. Yeah, <laughs> he's worked with Brendan Rodgers um, and he's worked at higher levels. He was head of recruitment, I think, at South End when they had back-to-back promotions. So maybe someone whose work we've seen without really seeing him much at the forefront of it. Um, if he lives up to his pedigree, then I think Northampton could uh, make a swift return. But we have them just outside the top three in fourth. We move into the top three now. And in third place, automatically promoted up to League One, in our view, is Notts County under Kevin Nolan. Now, some might have them first, some maybe second. We've got them third. Certainly some eye-catching summer transfer business, George. Yeah, I think Kevin Nolan's stock certainly rose last season. Uh, they couldn't maintain their form throughout the whole campaign. But... Uh, you know, for, for six months, it looked like they were going to be uh, automatic promotion candidates. Uh, they ended up falling short into the playoffs uh, and didn't get through. But I do think this is a squad that is that is better uh, on paper. I think that the, the signings they've made in the window have been really, really interesting, quite novel. I think David Vaughan, even at 35, is a really interesting player here uh, for Notts County. He'll be massively influential in the middle of the park and, uh, and very tidy on the ball and, and maybe quite probing as well at this level. And then you look at the strikers, bringing Christian Dennis and Kane Hemmings brings a new, more dynamic feel, I guess, to, to what looked like quite a quite tiring and aged uh, front line last season, especially with John Stead now, now, now 35. Um, and then Enzo uh, uh, Baldwin, who you spoke about as well, so crucial to Crawley last season. And, and Nathan Thomas, who just never really got a chance at Sheffield United at all. So, yeah, I think that this is a, a, a better squad. Um, Nolan himself would have learned lessons from last season uh, as to where, why, where they went wrong and why they weren't able to sustain that challenge. But, uh, but yeah, um, for me, this Notts County team looked ready to return to League One. And yet, they are our third of the automatically promoted teams. In second, MK Dons. And in first, Lincoln. Now, I say these together because, quite frankly, I think that if you'd had your way here, MK Dons would have been top, but I had my way. And instead, Lincoln are top. So let's talk about them in comparison with each other, really. MK Dons for you first, George. Uh, we've got them ahead of Notts County, and you'd have them top, Champions of League Two. What is it that you're seeing for them? It's a couple of things, really. I think, firstly, last season... Um, they should never have gone down. I think that Robbie Nielsen and Dan, Dan McKeeke just mismanaged them entirely, really. And and the squad they built, we didn't expect them to be near the relegation zone whatsoever. And the squad that they built just sh- shouldn't have been there. Um, I think if you speak to any MK Dons fan, they didn't see it coming either. So And, and they've maintained the majority of that squad as well. If, if you're looking at the top end, you've got the likes of Kieran Agard, who, who you know, Glasses to deceive somewhat, but should score goals at this level. Peter Paulett as well, Chucks and Aiki. Like these are players who should be so comfortable at this level of football. And then there's Paul Tisdale, who, in terms of managerial quality, I think we're going to see exactly what he can do here. I mentioned it earlier with Exeter. I think that now he has the opportunity to, to build a club the way he wants to. Um, and I think that in Tisdale, who's always complained about the troubles of bringing players to Exeter due to the ge- geographical location, that's no longer an issue as well. He's proven himself as, as a manager who can get results and get promotions, crucially. And all the promotions he's, he's ever had to do before have been against the odds, um, whether it's from, from the National League 10 or so years ago or up from League 2. 
And so I, I think that's very exciting. And also the players they brought in have been great as well. He's gone back, he's dipped back into his old club. He's gone to, gone to go and get Jordan Moore-Taylor, uh, Ryan Harley and Robbie Simpson, three players he'll know very, very well indeed. I think Lawson Dath, it didn't work for him at Luton, but at Northampton, he was certainly a force. Ryan Watson is a sharp signing as well from Barnet. And Jordan Houghton, who's obviously played a lot of games on loan, he comes in from Chelsea. So there's a lot there to be excited about. This, to me, seems like a team who are, who are basically in the wrong league and, and they've got a manager who will steer them up pretty pretty comfortably a very big squad for Tisdale to, to work with as well and, and that'll be something that again he's probably not used to Exeter of course were, 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 were never fans of having a big bloated squad and, and, and plenty of options so he'll be excited I think to, for, for a change of scene and, and uh, with the resources of course that MK Dons have that that Exeter unfortunately didn't, despite you know his best efforts and, and despite the exceptional job he did there. Uh, I've gone for Lincoln over MK Dons. I suppose there's a few reasons for this. Uh, the eye-catching signing of John Akinde is certainly one of them. Akinde is proven at this level. I think probably five of the last six seasons he's been up there uh, in the top scorers of League Two. Last season, not included, where he battled injuries and Barnett themselves struggled all year long. Akinde joins, and I can't think of a player more suited to Danny Cowley's Lincoln. Uh, He has an eye for goal, but he's also happy uh, being a bit of a target man, uh, which is what Lincoln will need from him. He has the ability to bring others into play, but I think more than anything, he's just a cold-hearted finisher, a cold-blooded finisher I should say and um, and I think that you know it's more likely than not that we'll see him uh, approach 20 goals again this season just like we have in, in previous seasons but it's not just that Bruno Andrade apparently is looking fantastic in pre-season and I think that Cowley can probably get the best out of Shea McCartan as well who's moved to Bradford clearly uh, didn't really pull up any trees after leaving Accrington uh, Toffolo the fullback we've seen on loan a few times he joins uh, Michael O'Connor adds a bit of something in mid field which they need uh, with the departure of Alex Woodyard but I'm not worried about that because they've got Bostwick they'd already signed Frecklington uh, Michael O'Connor as well they have that steal there um, at the back again you'd expect them to be perfectly solid and I just think that ultimately the reason I've got them above MK Dons and Notts County who I both like a lot for promotion is Danny Cowley is the manager Tisdale, hugely impressive, uh, but Danny Cowley has had nothing but success, essentially, in his career so far, whether that was with Concord Rangers, whether that was with Braintree, and now with Lincoln. He has improved teams year on year, almost exclusively, and uh, and that's what I expect. And an improvement, obviously, on last year's um, playoff, semi, playoff semi-final appearance uh, would be, for me, um, promotion and I think that Lincoln will be the champions of League 2 this season please let us know what you think you can tweet us at NTT20pod that's probably the best place to get through to us we'd love to hear from you tell us what we've missed if we've made a prediction that you don't agree with try and keep it relatively civil we, we hope that these uh, <laughs> predictions come from a place uh, that is well researched we've discussed this at length amongst ourselves um, we have been following these, these leagues, as you know, for a long time uh, in an objective sense. So we are by no means perfect. And League Two tends to be the league that we find the hardest to predict. But we hope that if you've enjoyed this last 40, 45 minutes or so, and if you think that it's been worth your time, then we'd love it if you would retweet the tweet, 
with the link in, uh, possibly do your own uh, tailored recommendation. That would be massively appreciated. Drop the link on a forum, on your club forum. That also helps us to boost our numbers and reach new listeners. And as always, we're hugely grateful for your support. Make sure that you tune into the Championship and League One predicted tables as well. They will be in the exact same place that you found this one. <laughs>